created a mantra for peace. But first, welcome to Imagine Peace, the podcast that invites you on a transformative journey toward a world filled with harmony and understanding. Together, let's ignite the flame of peace within ourselves and radiate it outward so we can have a future where unity prevails. This is Imagine Peace, where dreams become reality. Join us as we explore the power of compassion, the beauty of diversity, and the potential for positive change. Oh, hi, I'm Marbeth Dunn with 10 Million for World Peace and Imagine Peace with my dear friend, Terry Angel, our partner in crime. And today we have a very interesting guest. Well, all our guests are interesting. But today we have Steve Gardner. He is a professional performing musician with Oxford University degree. He translates music into Braille. We have to talk about that. Um, He's the co-founder of the Peace Mantra Movement, a member of the Prayers for World Healing Steering Group, and he lives on the south coast of England. So without any further ado, welcome, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. Look great to be here. Thank um, you for being here. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, before we do anything, I have to find out, how do you translate music into Braille? <laughs> In a short answer, with considerable difficulty. <laughs> sure. But um, Louis Louis Braille, who who invented Braille, actually invented um, two things at the same time: the the words, uh, the literature Braille um, literature. He he devised a code for that, and around about the same time, he devised the music code, where I, it's using the same six dots, but they just mean different things. Um, now, I, once uh, I was in hospital having a biopsy, and to distract my attention, the uh, the person doing the biopsy got me to talk about frail music, which I thought was really funny. But it was just to 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 sort of take my mind off the off the procedure. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just ask what you'd ever like, because otherwise I should go on and on. <laughs> so. So do you but, take like the 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 written notes and and translate them into braille cuz I can't Well, I guess blind people, you know, they're not deaf so they can hear the music. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. with the with the braille Okay, I think I'm getting what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm almost seeing it. <laughs> Very interesting. Very fascinating, really. It is and I got into it by um, I don't believe accidents or chance. It just happened to be like that. Many years ago, um, I was reading set books on tape for a friend of mine who was a blind um, postgraduate doing an English degree. And he asked me if I had a, a job to go to after I'd finished my postgrad course. I said, no, I hadn't even thought about it. And he worked for the Royal National Institute for the Blind which is now called the Royal National Institute for Blind People. He worked for them in his holiday time. And um, he overheard that the music was going to, music um, head of music was going to retire. And that might mean there'd be a job lowered down, um, uh, you know, because they're bound to a point from within. So that might create a space at the bottom of the pile. 
And so I wrote, he taught me the, how to recognize the Braille alphabet. And um, I wrote to them and they gave me an interview and gave me the job, you know, there and then. It was so uh, wow. And ever since, I'm, I've been sort of, I've had one or two times away or one or two, um, just a couple of occasions where I thought, well, that's going to be it now. And it always seems to come back. Um, last year I retired, um, well, my boss retired. And I thought, well, I'll go the same time as he does. Was it was just two of us working together, and um, it was only when I heard this um, lovely but very unknown piano sonata by Haydn on on Radio Three that um, I said to myself, "I bet you that's not in Braille." And ah. a little gong went inside me. So, well, why don't I do it as a voluntary as a voluntary basis now? You know, I could. I've had forty years experience. Let's, it's a shame not to go on with it. So I, I'm doing it now completely voluntary and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I think we need to we need to talk about some of the, the peace initiatives that you're involved in. Can you tell us about how the peace mantra movement evolved? Yes. Um, well, there was, we used to live in West Cornwall, which is down at the very southwest tip of Britain. Um, very close to Land's End. We used to live down there and we hosted um, a meditation group. There are seven of us um, for quite a few years when we were living down there. We used to meet on a Friday night and one night my partner um, suggested that we might like to think about um, creating a, a mantra and so we thought hmm, okay so we each one of us went into a little private corner and just thought about it and just reflected upon it for 20 minutes and then we came back into the circle and we found that every single one of us all seven of us um wanted it to be based on peace and so by the end of the evening we'd actually come up with the peace mantra as it stands, apart from the final word, peace, which is also the first word, peace, we, um, the final word we actually put, um, added to it the following year. But that's really how the mantra came into being. Would you tell our audience what it is? Right. It's simply this, peace in my heart, peace in this place, peace in our land and throughout the world peace and that's all it is um and we we, we rested on it we used 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 it in our own meetings we didn't tell anybody else um we we kept it for about nine months with the gestation period as it turned out and then somebody who came into the group who was who was a friend of someone who's already in the group we used to have a, it was quite an open meeting, but there were seven of us regulars. Um, she suggested that we might like to make it, um, sort of, you know, offer it to the world, to make it known to whoever wish, wishes to find it. And so that's what we did. And um, we created some postcards, which uh, I've got up here. Uh, this is just one of, of four which says, uh, has the mantra on it um, yeah. and uh, a, a tree. And it's a different tree for, 
for you know for each card beautiful but, um we we sort of we, we used to just give them out for free uh, or leave them in in uh if we've been on a course we would put it keep one in the in the bedroom or um you know some people we know who just put them on the railway seats seats of the train um and so we we decided to to issue those cards but at the same time we constructed a website um and then a little bit later on um I decided well let's reach out to a wider audience which is why I went onto Facebook um so that's basically it very cool you're also involved in the prayers for world healing I believe it is that's right I lost my notes. So can you tell us how that evolved? Well, um, yes, my um it, I I belong to various sort of um little groups, one of which is a Sufi group, because that Sufism is and Christianity are my both my main paths, as it were. They're sort of intertwined together with a bit of Zen Buddhism as well. Um and um the the healing order which um i'm in which it offers healing to those who wish to receive it and they wanted to because things were getting very um fraught with a lot of conflict in the world um this is about i suppose about eight or nine years ago um the leader of the healing order um suggested we might like to think of um of um offering prayers for not just individual people, but this time to have offer prayers to um, all those who are suffering from conflict in the world, and also for the leaders uh, of those countries, everybody involved. Um, and um, so basically the prayers of world healing has sort of evolved since. There have been several of us who, who've been steering it. At the moment, there are five of us, um, and we have a ritual an online ritual about every two months um which lasts for about 45 minutes um and they will contain some sort of um, prayers drawn from the whole range of um, faiths or none um readings and then the the pre preparation to offer healing so we sort of go into that sort of quieter space um, and um, then we offer healing normally to about 10 focuses, um, 10, uh, and it's not just for, for those um, countries or areas of the world who are experiencing conflict. We've also done it retrospectively. For instance, um, we had a couple of, um, of rituals um, concerned with um, the, the transatlantic slave trade and Black Lives Matter. Um, we've also had um, plenty of rituals concerned with the ecology of healing the Earth's um, ecology, which is so damaged. Um, and so um, we go literally where the spirit takes us. So and we have a lot of fun as well. Um, it was lovely. We, we got to experience the last uh, ritual that you did online, and I thought it was really lovely. Oh, oh, it was lovely to see you there. Yes, it, it, 
we're having a, a actually a, a a different thing entirely um next month in december we're actually having a peace vigil so for most of the 45 minutes we'll be sitting together in silence but for, for those who want to focus we do suggest a focus and there are four just four focuses um throughout the 45 minutes um and we just want to see how that goes um i have been involved in um a peace vigil before which was actually more in the flesh rather than online and that was sort of about four hours and we just held space one or two of us would in turns hold the space and people were welcome to come in and go quietly um as they you know as as suited them and it was absolutely lovely i've never ever forgotten that um uh so that that was that was initiated by one of our colleagues in the peace mantra movement. So, do you have you know something in particular that you do uh, like a, a personal peace practice? I know you have several, you know mm. that you you know paths that you study. But is there some particular thing that you it's your your main your main squeeze? Yeah, um, it would be very much the peace mantra. I quite often use that as a form of meditation because what the beauty of it is, is it's starting from breathing in peace, breathing in healing light into the heart. Um, and and then imagining that it is radiating out into the community and further out into the land and further still into the entire world. Um, that's one thing I do. Another thing, I'm very much into sound healing, um, and I there there is a chant which I um, improvise. Um, basically, it's Yashalom, Yasalam. So it's using both the Hebrew and the um, Arabic name for peace, and and in the end, it doesn't matter which is which, because no, it doesn't. No, exactly. <laughs> one one of the great joys of this journey, I'm. I'm on is um, the fact that well, I I just love all traditions, all faiths, um, and and also for those who who choose not to have a faith, um, because I feel they have so much wisdom to offer us as well, and I just love it. So you know, I'm I love the diversity of unity. Or the unity of diversity. I quite often, often talk about those on the Facebook page. Um, has that answered your question? I'm not sure if it has. <laughs> it has, yes. Oh, good, yeah. good, good. Yeah, it, it it's beautiful. Sorry. I said it sounds beautiful. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I, one one of the beauties of this whole business, but I think both of the peace mantra and also particularly press world healing is that it encourages people to be creative. Um, and that no one says, oh, this is the right way to do it or that's the wrong way. Not at all. Um, we, we sort of encourage each other just to, to contemplate something and then just see where that takes us. And it's, just wonderful how it can happen one thing i should say about the prayer the offering of healing to do with the prayers of world healing 
is that um, we feel it, we found it's very important that um, to recognize the fact that yes, there is conflict in the world, and yes, there is conflict within each one of us, and so we see them very much as linked before we we um, sort of in a sense dare to offer um, healing. We recognize that we are still needed of need of healing ourselves we find that's very very important um, so that's a, in a way it's offering more in, in a humility rather than thinking oh we're doing this for the world you know it's not that it's it, it, it's something which is a continuum that's probably what i'm trying to say between the healing which is needed in our own hearts in our own beings for past wounds or maybe present wounds which might not have healed and um as well as um for the for the healing needed in the community healing needed in in the nation in the land and healing needed for the planet uh, we see those as all as inextricably linked um, yeah and i i think we're a work in progress so we're always uncovering things inside of ourselves and releasing what we don't need and um, learning more about what we do need. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I find, um, uh, I, I'm sure other paths have the same, but um, under Sufism, there is a lot of work which goes on just between um, what two people, it's the, the guide and and the person who wants to be guided so with my guide that she will my my guide will suggest practices for any particular issue or wound or something which has come up during during our monthly consultation together and then she'll suggest um doing this practice or that practice and, and or that combination of practices and um by repeating those that's just one way of actually um being it is in a sense it's like what Gandhi says it's be the the change you want to see in the world so one almost becomes forgiveness for instance or one almost becomes um strength and or faith or trust um it, it's a long 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 process and you know I'm sure there's no end to it but um I find it's a very beautiful thing uh, that most of the work is is inner work is done literally behind closed doors yeah away from distractions mm. yeah yeah oh this has been so fascinating i know that i would love to continue this maybe another time but our time is running short and can you tell our audience how they can find you steve and how they can perhaps uh join you know, oh yes yeah right well if if they just have a look for the peace mantra movement um on facebook then they'll they'll automatically find the page um i'm just going to to read out the um the uh website um address um well we'll put it in we'll put it underneath okay oh yeah yeah so we'll that's peacefoundation.org.uk so that's the, the the website's really a, a, almost like an archive of um suggestions and these are just suggestions um for a peace building 
or maintaining peace. Um, and it's not just um, meditation is important, though they are. There are also suggested practical steps. So we believe um, those go hand in hand. Um, yeah. Beautiful. So that, that's basically it. And if you know anybody who needs a prayer to be done, then <laughs> I don't think I can give you a dress anymore. I, I used to be able to, but um, if you know anybody... <laughs> I know there's lots of people who do it in the United States. So, um, Wonderful. That's really great. Thank you, Steve. Pleasure. Yeah. And lovely to be with you this, this afternoon for me. And uh, so it's lovely to meet again. It's so great to hear your work. And we really appreciate what you're doing for peace in the world. Thank you. Yes. I, and I would just lastly would love to say how inspiring 10 Million for World Peace is. So thank you so much for setting that up. Imagine Peace is brought to you by 10 Million for World Peace. Join our daily seven-minute guided meditations for world peace and monthly healing circles at 10millionforworldpeace.org. Together we can create a peaceful, happy planet.